What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Good morning. It's Wednesday, December 11th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. So the early signing period starts one week from today. Yes, that's right. We are almost there. December 18th through December 20th, we'll see Class of 2020 prospects put pen to paper and get their recruitments officially shut down. So this will be the third time we've had the early signing period. And given the two years of data that we have, it's very clear that this is the new signing day. It sort of caught us by surprise in the 2018 cycle. But in that first early signing period, so the year 2017 for the class 2018, if that's confusing, sorry, that Wednesday we saw 65% of all prospects in the 24-7 sports database sign. Last December on that Wednesday, that number jumped to 77%, so a 12-point jump in one year. I'm not saying that this year we're going to have 89% of 24-7 sports is database sign with their school but i would i would imagine that number is at 80 so coaches are enjoying the opportunity to put the hay in the barn so to speak and you definitely need to zero in on this week as your signing day yes we'll still have the first wednesday in february we will always have that that day will always you know be a fun one but this is the new signing day and we've got a good preview coming with 24 7 sports director of recruiting steve wiltfong who is traveling, uh, uh, hopping between recruiting events, and I believe we, uh, we're going to catch him at the airport, at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport uh, on a three-hour layover. Before we get to him, let me set the stage real quickly. Uh, the race for the number one class in the class of 2020, I've never seen it be this tight. Uh, Clemson is number one, Alabama is number two, LSU number three, Ohio State number four, Texas A&M, surprise lurker at number five, LSU could easily be number one next week. Clemson could easily be number three. Georgia could move up. So there's so much fluidity. This I, I believe I think the race for number one is the best storyline of this entire sign, signing period. We still have four top ten players in the class of 2020 who are uncommitted. Jordan Birch, he will announce that Thursday, December 19th. Justin Flo, he will announce Wednesday, December 18th. Five-star cornerback Kalee Ringo, he will probably sign next week, but then announce in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl. Darnell Washington will also probably sign next week and then announce in January at the Under Armour All-American Bowl. So, yeah, there's not much. And then seven of the top 50 players are left. There's not much left on the bone in the top 50, but there will be some surprises. There's there's plenty of, of, of fish left to go. We've got three Big-time uncommitted quarterbacks in C.J. Stroud, Chandler Morris, and Malik Hornsby. We're going to talk to Steve about those guys. We're going to talk to Steve about a lot of things. Uh, a lot of dominoes left to fall, so let's bring Steve on. All right, Wilt Fong. So a year ago, I guess, the, the narrative of the class of 2020 was that this is the year the Clemson Tigers are finally recruiting at the level at which they're playing on the field. And we've talked about them having the number one class for a long time. We've also talked about the possibility that they could have the best class ever. But now, one week out till signing day, it looks like they could actually get jumped. So 
before we break down the particulars and get out the class calculator, has this class sort of lost any momentum? Well, first of all, no. Right now, the crystal balls are flowing for them to flip uh, four-star safety Malcolm Green um, from the DMV area uh, from LSU to Clemson. So, no, they have a ton of momentum. They have a chance to land the number one overall linebacker in the country, Justin Flo, uh, from California. And they're still in the middle of it for a couple other guys, uh, top 247 receiver Xavier Henderson and, and Jordan Birch. And, and to clarify your your statement there at first you said clemson's finally recruiting to the level they've been playing on the field we just didn't rank their recruiting classes high enough in hindsight when you look at the nfl draft and that 2019 crop had six players drafted and and they had three and 18 and six or seven in in 2017 or uh, i think they may have even had eight in 2017 so they've had a ton of nfl players uh, they've been churning them out uh, over the last several years, and, and uh, we're we're seeing it the same way right now. I'm certainly not you know discounting Clemson's talent last year. I mean, Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence were five star players. Dexter Lawrence was the number two player in the class, but Steve, they hadn't they hadn't assembled these classes that were big enough or loaded as far as stars from top to bottom to consistently rank. They've never ranked in the top five. So right now they're number one, and that's a great story. But it, it seemed like a, a foregone conclusion that they would get Justin Flo. And now in reading you, it seems like they have to battle uh, a few other schools for Justin Flo. Or that Jordan Birch, uh, the number two player or number three player in the composite, would be headed their way. And now it, it doesn't look likely. So, uh, you know, I guess we can transition from that to those big fish. What is the latest on a Justin Flo or a Jordan Birch? We'll start with Flo. Well, I think with Flo, Oregon made it really interesting with their recent official visit to Eugene. And there was a lot of people in that locker room. Obviously, there's a lot of excitement with that program, with them winning the Pac-12 and going to the Rose Bowl. And he sees an opportunity to stay uh, closer to home and, and, and play in a conference that he's very familiar with. I think with Clemson, uh, the way that the players are treated at Clemson is the reason why Flo and, and DJ Ugalili and, and Demarcus Bowman and those guys are attracted to Clemson. It's a, it's a complete players program, uh, and, and the coaches do a fantastic job of making their players on the team feel incredibly comfortable with the, within the program. USC uh, is a school that uh, always remains a dark horse with Flo. And Jordan Birch is... Well, I mean, he, he, he's growing up in the shadows of williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina, and it looks like the Gamecocks are in the mix for Birch, but LSU's making a run here too. Yeah, I think that right now my gut says that he's going to go to LSU. That's where most of my intel stands is that the Tigers are the one to beat for Jordan Birch right now, but there still are sources that think that he'll ultimately stay close to home and play for South Carolina. I think if you go back to the spring, Clemson was the one to beat for him. I think that Jordan uh, really enjoyed being around the staff, but also being around the the commits in, in the Clemson class. I heard that recently that communication has died down some, where it certainly has picked up for LSU and has always been in place with South Carolina. There was a time where people thought South Carolina was, was out. Now there's some that think that's where he goes. So let's, let's transition to LSU. Uh, the other Tigers, they're currently number three in the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting rankings. In your 10 storylines to follow for the early signing period that you wrote Monday, you, you mentioned them quite a bit, and they are in on a ton of big-time players. Four-star linebacker Philip Webb, five-star running back Zachary Evans, 
you mentioned uh, you mentioned Birch. They LSU could make a run uh, to have perhaps the sixth highest class ever, uh, highest ranked class ever according to the class calculator. So yes, they they are currently the favor a favorite to finish number one. Steve, are they your favorite? Is your prediction maybe by the time February rolls around that Coach O's got not only the number one team in college football but maybe the number one class in twenty twenty? Yeah, I think that they're the favorite. I, I think I, I feel really good about them landing Philip Webb, and I'm optimistic about their chances to land Jordan Birch and Zach Evans, uh, the five-star running back, number one overall running back in the 24/7 Sports Composite. But uh, an SEC coach messaged me a while back, assistant, and just said Zach Evans is going to go to Texas A&M. Don't really pay attention to the roller coaster all the way through, and. You know, we'll see if that if that what that coach says comes to fruition, and, and Zach Evans popped up on Texas A&M's uh, uh, campus again this past weekend. So, uh, with him not announcing uh, uh, on the he he had that scheduled announcement. I think it was for last week, and obviously it's not being postponed to the Under Armour game, so he can play out his season. And that doesn't mean he still can't go to LSU, and most of the intel still says LSU. There are people out there that refuse to sleep on Texas A&M for, for Zachary Evans. Yeah, you mentioned roller coaster. That recruitment has been a roller coaster. was supposed to announce last week, pushed it back to early January for the Under Armour All-American game. So like he, almost yeah. co- he almost committed to Alabama in the spring. Oh, wow. Uh, or, or may have even tried to commit to Alabama in the spring. Uh, Georgia was certainly the one to beat late summer heading into the fall. LSU trended heavy. Do you? Uh, but Texas A&M has always lingered in this one. Do you get frustrated when kids have such roller coaster commitments, or are you just used to it at this point? Well, I don't get frustrated, but obviously it makes the job tougher. You wish that the original intel was the right intel, and you would just move on to the next kid. I mean, like take Justin Flo, for instance. You feel really good about him visiting Clemson in the summer. Uh, the crystal ball is flowing uh, towards towards Clemson. Uh, his grandmother likes Clemson. Uh, and, and Coach Sweeney, and, and uh, he really likes Clemson. But now, when it gets close, when when these guys get closer to making big decisions, uh, such as anyone in life, you start to maybe question if if you're if what you're doing is right, or you get new information that makes you makes you think, well, wait, maybe I'm better off here. And uh, so, uh, I think that for a lot of these young men now, it's time they have to make their decision if they want to sign in the early signing period. And so. Uh, they're putting all the information on the table and their minds can change. And then, of course, these coaches, their alpha personalities, uh, they, they're coming in and they're real convincing with why their their program's the right one. So it's tough decisions for these young men and uh, they struggle with it. And sometimes it's hard to keep up with the intel because their minds change. You, I started laughing when you said it makes a job hard for you. I, I know you're at the DFW airport. I imagine your holdaway sitting on the floor with your laptop out in a quiet corner or, you know, eating at O'Charlie's or something. Uh, this is yeah, that time of the year for you. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Everyone likes to talk about quarterbacks. Start with CJ Stroud, who I remember at the opening finals in Dallas this summer, like a three-star kid comes in. I remember you did an update on him. You're talking to, he's talking to Baylor. Baylor's a good school, great school, uh, but it's not Ohio state, which is where Stroud's, trending now so is this the case of you know all the other schools sort of sitting back and and then stroud blows up and now and now everybody's coming after him 
well, Baylor was Baylor was all in on C.J. Stroud. They weren't recruiting another quarterback uh, as they thought that they were in good position for the Rancho Cucamonga uh, signal caller. Um, but they've now moved on to Malik Hornsby and, and offered Tate Rotemaker, who had a really good senior year out of Georgia. But back to Stroud, uh, talked to him at the opening finals, and he said his dream schools were Ohio State and Oregon, huh. both offered shortly after his terrific summer. And so those are game-changing offers. And then you look at Ohio State uh, with with the development at the position under Ryan Day uh, with Dwayne Haskins going in the first round. And, and you see Justin Fields, he's a Heisman candidate in just one year with Ryan Day. Uh, it, it's very enticing for C.J. Stroud. Then you add in the fact that they don't have any scholarship quarterbacks on the roster after Justin Fields right now. So you feel really good about Fields' right now but you're still one play away from potentially being the starting quarterback at ohio state next year for another team that's going to be loaded if you if you choose to go there and they have jack miller in the class too it's very important for ohio state to take two quarterbacks just from a number standpoint uh stroud had a well i i I was going to ask you about jack miller real quick are you hearing with with the transfer portal sort of changing college football are are coaches telling you how important it is to take two quarterbacks in a class because you just never know when you're going to lose one of them i don't think that they're taking two quarterbacks in a class because of the transfer portal i think when schools elect to take two in a class it's it's purely a numbers thing or it's a deal where maybe they can get someone that uh, may be higher on the board later in the process and you just can't turn 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 that kind of talent away uh for instance georgia uh, they're also trying to take two quarterbacks. They have Carson Beck committed. C.J. Stroud, I'm told, had a really good official visit to Georgia. Uh, now, I like Ohio State, but things can change uh, from now leading up to the signing period. Uh, maybe uh, there's some, uh, maybe a coach mo- moves from the Buckeye staff. Uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying like things could change the narrative of uh, maybe uh, we think Ohio State leads right now to – he ends up at Georgia or Michigan. He just had a good official visit to Michigan. And uh, I think Michigan's at best third, but maybe some dominoes fall from now over the next nine days where maybe they move to number one for CJ Stroud. I think Oregon's out though. Right. Oregon's out. All right. Flip watch. Let's play flip watch. I'm just mowing through your article. Steve, are you predict? I mean, you can never predict it. We were on the signing day show last year in February and you raised your hand and I called on you. And you said George Pickens just flipped to Georgia. Well, I made a noise. And we, you know, was like I made, you huh? and Barton were on the set. Yeah, you like and a, you I, I just kind of like, yeah, uh, I kind of interrupted y'all with the. Uh, I didn't, yeah, because with George Pickens, it was suspected that Miami was maybe the school that had the best shot to flip him, and and then boom, he flipped to Georgia, which shows you the prowess that Kirby Smart and those guys have, and that's why you can't rule them out for C.J. Stroud either. Well, are we going to have anything? crazy like that happened on Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to list out a few of the names you've mentioned in Flipwatch on your article. Uh, Alabama linebacker commit, commit Demory Kennedy took an official to LSU. Oklahoma running back commit Jason McClellan took an official to Alabama. Receiver Jermaine Burton committed to LSU, has visited Georgia and Arizona State. Oregon receiver Johnny Wilson, also looking at Arizona State. And then Texas A&M defensive end commit Don L. Harris visited Florida last weekend are all of these are all of these probably sticking or is there anything here that's kind of got your radar well, i think up? there's two there that for sure have my radar up with uh uh johnny uh dixon 
or Johnny Wilson, Johnny, Johnny Wilson. Wilson, excuse me. Sorry. I got people walking by me in the airport here and, and, and whatnot, but, uh, uh, Johnny, Johnny Wilson, uh, I, I think could very well end up at Arizona state. And, and, uh, uh, I, I think that, uh, uh, Donnell Harris, uh, my gut tells me he's ultimately going to go to Florida. Now he's going to visit A and M. He's wow. visiting A and M again this weekend. He's got some close relationships on that staff that have put them in in position. And his parents trust A and M. But Florida, they're in the New Year's Six game again, uh, right? They're in the New Year's Six game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah, in the they're uh, in the so Orange two Bowl. Years in, two years in a row. It's it's in state and. Uh, uh, he he visited there at the uh, took an unofficial during the season and then just took his official and I kind of like where Florida lurks. I put those other guys in there just because they took visits and and you just never know. I mean, hell, maybe a guy we're not even talking about right now, a five star that we think is solid that we're not even mentioning, is still letting coaches come into his home and and and, and talking to, to other schools you know Bijan robinson has told blair angulo he's solid to texas but i think he's still talking to other schools you know so we'll you know wow. we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens broderick jones is committed to georgia but auburn's in the mix uh, there, you could go up and down the top 247 and maybe point uh to half the guys that are keeping the door open or at least keeping the phone lines open right now we'll wrap up here uh of all the new coaches Sam Pittman, Mike Norvell, Lane Kiffin, Jimmy Lake. Who do you think is going to stir it up the most, not just in December signing period, but in February? Like which which new coach do you think has the best recruiting aptitude, maybe the most left on the board, the biggest flip potential to sort of emerge in December or February as our uh, winning first-year coach of the cycle? Well, Coach Norvell is obviously in the best situation. I mean, he walks in the door with a class that had like six or seven decommitments and is still in the top 25. Yeah, number 22. Uh, yeah, and, and so um, they're in on some guys uh, down the stretch that are in the top 247. And uh, uh, so I think he walked in the best situation. But stir it up. I mean, it's obvious it's going to be Coach Kiffin at Ole Miss. And I think that he's going to be uh, – Ole Miss, I ha- I've had this rule – uh, Trey, where Ole Miss, I, I've said Ole Miss isn't getting top two, four, seven players unless all the other schools are passing. Yeah, I had that rule. So, so I wrote out you no know, Kobe Dean to Georgia last year, even though there was Ole Miss buzz. I just they almost got me on Ray Darius, Kobe's teammate last year, but he ended up, of course, not going to Ole Miss. So, um, uh, my rule is no longer in play anymore. I think Ole Miss can win uh, for some of these higher recruited uh, top two, four, seven guys. Um, you know, and obviously they landed Ely last year, uh, but they had the baseball component there. So he doesn't count. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, um, and they got him in early and he did take a late visit to Clemson and, and I, and, and uh, um, but he doesn't count to the rule, but the rule is gone now with Kiffin. I think that they're going to win some battles for some, uh, top two, four, seven kids that other programs in the SEC that are playing at a high level want. Well, you heard it here first. Lane Kiffin's about to stir it up. Steve, thanks for joining us. Excited to see you next week. We're going to do this podcast a few more times next week. I believe we're scheduled on Tuesday to do just you, me, and and Barton Simmons, an hour-long podcast from Fort Lauderdale. So uh, the College Football Daily users can, can get excited about that get used to hearing your voice. It's that time of the year. Thanks, Steve. 
Thanks, Trey. Thanks, y'all. See you on the blue board. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Man, I love talking to Steve Wildfong. You ask him one question, and he will just go and go for three minutes. It's like when you ask your dad for help with your homework. We will talk to him more in the next few weeks, next few days, with signing period upon us. It's Wildfong season, as I like to say. Let's get into some news. We had a sort of busy Tuesday on the coaching carousel. And as I record this Tuesday evening in my home, we've got a few murmurs out there that are not quite official yet, but it looks like Dave Aranda, the LSU defensive coordinator, is the new target number one for UNLV. I told you yesterday on the podcast that it looked like Oregon offensive coordinator Marcus Arroyo would be going there, but no, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg says Aranda is a strong candidate for UNLV. This would be a pay cut for Aranda, probably. He's college football's highest paid assistant coach at $2.5 million per year. But it sort of makes sense. He's from the West Coast. He's never been a head coach. He's wanted to be a head coach. He's done his thing as an elite defensive coordinator for a long time now. You can win at UNLV. You can get talent to Las Vegas. It's a winnable conference, new facilities. So Dave Aranda could do a good job there. Also, we had Auburn moved really quickly after they lost Kenny Dillingham to Florida State. That's their offensive coordinator. Well, now they got a new one, Chad Morris. The fired Arkansas coach is teaming up with good buddy Gus Malzahn to be Auburn's new OC. Chad Morris is a great offensive mind, former high school coach like Gus Malzahn at Texas. Chad Morris was largely responsible for Dabo Sweeney's success at Clemson, recruited to Sean Watson there, did a good job offensively with SMU. Another job I told you about yesterday that we thought was done, uh, what happened with Butch Jones in Colorado State? It looks like that fell through because Football Scoop is reporting that Ohio State offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson now has a very good shot at being offered the job. Wilson was formerly Indiana's head coach, was also a very successful offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. That'll do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. Keep the news coming, though. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Steve Wiltfong, for Connor Tapp, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We'll see you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.